Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept... In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s Disney cartoon Darkwing Duck, which sometimes parodies another 90s show that oftentimes was pretty cartoony. Diane, I am holding in my hand a document of digitally written notes about an episode Ange and I will be discussing today. An episode with enough lumber to make the Black Lodge shudder. An episode that really had its head in the soil. So come firewalk with us as we take a ride down the waterfall and wash up dead on the shores of... Twin Beaks? Twin Beaks. I only, like, partially understood some of those references. That is because the show that is being parodied very very heavily in this episode is Twin Peaks which I have watched the entirety of um, quite a while ago and it is a very strange show. How how long is it? It is two so it came out I actually pulled up the blurb here. So it came out in 1990 and it ran for two seasons and was cancelled in 91. Then they did a third season in 2017. <laughs> so, oh, okay. 25 years later. And that whole season was just like, oh, what's going to happen? Because it really, like, season two left off on a big cliffhanger. And David Lynch uh, was very David Lynch about it and just completely threw everything out the window, basically, and just did whatever the hell he wanted to do. So it was really, really very, very strange, as is David Lynch's way. Not to say that the first two seasons also weren't very strange. That being said, this episode is still very strange. <laughs> yeah, I was I was not really aware of Twin Peaks the first time I watched this or even the second time. So I was just, I, I don't know. I remember being very baffled by all of it. Yeah, and... In preparation of this episode, I did watch the pilot episode of Twin Peaks again, and it just kind of was shaking my head. It's just very quirky, very strange. So just basic cliff notes of what the story of Twin Peaks is, is that a, a popular high school girl, a senior named Laura Palmer, uh, her body wrapped in a plastic sheet washes up on the bank of the, the river, which is very obviously referenced in this and it's kind of it's like there's a the the fbi agent that comes to town to investigate and then all like the soap opera drama of the people in the town and finding out that laura palmer wasn't as squeaky clean and a good girl as she was but it's also got a weird supernatural element of it and there's characters that are in it but just are completely weird like there's one woman so um, Binky's sister in this episode is kind of a parody of two characters from Twin Peaks. There's um, the woman Norma who runs the diner, who makes the best pie and the damn good cup of coffee. And then there's a, a recluse named Nadine with an eye patch and red hair. And she is really kind of off her rocker. And there's a whole part like a huge chunk of the second season is she gets a head injury and thinks that she's back in high school and is on the cheerleading squad because the whole school goes along with it. it's like it's <laughs> really just like crazy out there soap opera stuff so but it was a phenomenon and it's really kind of got a cult following 
So I'm not surprised that the people who were working on Darkwing Duck were like, you know what we should do? We should do a Twin Peaks episode because you know what falls right into our laps? Twin Beaks. So did Twin Peaks also have space cows and mutant cabbages? No. Um, you don't really know what's going on in Twin Peaks. It's could be aliens. It could be just weird stuff. <laughs> There's definitely supernatural things, and um, the FBI agent is warned by an otherworldly being uh, that the owls are not what they seem, which is where launch pads, the cows, are not what they seem come from. Uh, And there is a character named the Log Lady who talks to her log. It was a very wise log. And that's, you know, again... Launchpad has a log in this episode that he talks to. So they kind of simplified it and blended it down to just a few characters and concepts in Twin Beaks. Yes, and then they, the theme music and the music of the show is parodied throughout the episode. And the whole like opening of this, like they kind of do like a take on the opening credits of Twin Peaks with like the slow intro and the, the weird music as... Pinky's poured a cup of coffee and all that kind of stuff. I think it's so. interesting that this is one of the only times in Darkwing Duck that they did an accurate or close to uh, to an actual parody of a pre-existing show. I know Darkwing Duck itself, Tad Stones has said that it's based on Silver Age comics and there's a lot of tropes in there. But this, I feel like, is the only episode that actually, like you're saying, takes the music and all this other stuff and almost the cinematography from the sounds of mm-hmm. it, from the opening. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I feel like, the most direct parody. And as much as that is, because I feel like there's a lot of, you know, parodies or throwaway comments or just little things. But this is like a whole episode dedicated to Twin Peaks, which is kind of weird, considering, uh, you know, Twin Peaks was pretty racy and deals with, the murder of a teenage girl. <laughs> Who is Bushroot in this version? <laughs> Who is Bushroot in this version? <sighs> so, before we w- dive any deeper into these uh, maddening waters, did you have any updates for the for the peoples? Uh, the only update I have is related to the Dynamite comics. Once again, I know that at this point, the date has been pushed, but... I keep seeing conflicting dates still. It sounds like January 25th. So I'm just going to say probably the end of January, close to, is when we can expect the first issue. And it's the same with uh, Gargoyles. Uh, Gargoyles was also pushed. They had the first issue drop, but not the second. Apparently, Mm. according to Dynamite, it was due to the fact that because of the holidays, it slowed down printing and Mm. all that stuff, I guess. So we'll get there. The, the comics are coming, but they're a little out of our grasp for the time being. Just a little more patience. Mm-hmm. There we go. So yeah, sometime late January slash possibly February slash we'll have a new comic. And I wonder what properties they'll parody in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you would like to watch... Uh, Twin Beaks, before listening to this episode, it is season one, episode 44 on Disney+. And the synopsis is Darkwing Duck travels to the odd town of Twin Beaks. 
And should you be interested in watching Twin Peaks, it is available on Paramount+. Plus. So our episode kicks off uh, with Bushroot in jail. He is not enjoying being in jail, not at all like his friend Quackerjack. And uh, he says that he only robs banks for seed money and basically is just whining to the guard <laughs> who really could give a shit. He does not care at all and um, just walks off. And Bushroot laments, you would have thought that I was the only vegetable that gone bad. <laughs> so as he's complaining to himself in his jail cell, a light comes through the cell window and it kind of blanks out the screen. And then we go to Darkwing and Launchpad and the Thunder Quack. Our Launchpad is reading and driving uh, with his feet. And Darkwing is having a much warranted heart attack about it. Uh, Launchpad lets him know that he, you know, did you know that police departments are using psychics in their investigations? And uh, he reveals that his information that he got from the incredibly large and weird books for your coffee table collection. And, you know, Launchpad could read. So I'm impressed. <laughs> but Darkwing is not impressed and tells Launchpad that good old detective work is the only way to solve crimes, which is how he caught Bushroot. <laughs> and Launchpad says, I thought it was because he was hiding in the back of a police car. Oh, Bushroot. <laughs> <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful setup on any level because it just shows Darkwing's personality and how stupid well stupid i guess is a strong word how hapless bushroot actually is but he is taking refuge in the back of a police car and winds <laughs> up getting arrested oh too good so the warden apparently has called them to the jail uh, to investigate bushroot going missing or you know bushroot being bushroot darkwing starts threatening bushroot like immediately uh, upon entering the jail cell being like oh don't move and then the warden who's super casual about the fact that Bushroot hasn't moved for two weeks <laughs> so uh, Bushroot has just been moldering away in his cell for two weeks and um, Darkwing goes over looking for clues at the hollowed out corpse of Bushroot it is pretty terrifying like legitimately hollowed out eyes and like his mouth is open and you just see the blackness inside of his eye sockets and you know what he reminds me of withered what uh animal crossing you know those little things they i i forget what they're called it's like whenever you gyroids would, gyroids or something and whenever you turned off your game and you didn't do it properly at some point didn't your face turn into like the same hollowed out look oh boy yeah, I have not played Animal Crossing since the GameCube one, but he is scary. And this is the the bushroot that appears in the DuckTales reboot. So he apparently made a lasting impression on <laughs> Frank and Cody's too. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so terrifying corpse bushroot and Darkwing, all of Darkwing's facts lead to the consensus that Bushroot is dead. Stand back while I collect my clues. Okay, hair wilted, complexion dry and brown, no pulse. Of course, that's normal for a vegetable. Warden, the facts point to one unarguable conclusion. Bushroot, scourge of the plant kingdom, is dead. Uh, shouldn't we check his aura? Uh, what's he doing? Excuse my sidekick. His brain seems to be having an out-of-body experience. 
Nah, that's in chapter 10. I'm trying to connect with the powers of my subconscious mind. I think that's a pretty and fair that, conclusion. It is a very fair conclusion, um, but Launchpad decides to read Bushroot's aura because that's a thing that he does now because he read a book. Uh, Launchpad trips on a vine that's on the ground and kind of bursts Darkwing's detective method as they find that there's a crack in the wall and the vine grew out the wall and Bushroot probably escaped that way. And because we see that it snakes down the outside of the, the prison wall. The warden is just completely taken with super psychic launch pad. And um, that's all he needed. Because then we get back to the Mallard house and Goslin and launch pad are wearing pyramids on their head to I, amplify their psychic powers. That's actually a thing. Is it? Yes. Pyramids are in the psychic community and like spiritual community. They're seen as a powerful thing and... I actually own, uh, I think it's, what's the, some, I own like a quartz-shaped pyramid. It's not like okay. a big one. It's a little tiny one I bought somewhere at, at like a market or a craft thing. But it is totally, <laughs> like, actually quite a few of the supernatural slash spiritual slash psychic things in this are actually accurate to. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you have a pyramid hat that you wear sometimes. <laughs> I don't have a pyramid hat, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yet! Now that you know that that really amplifies your psychic powers, you might have to get one. But yeah, I've, I've, I've seen those before, like the stones and the, the shape, and then there's the, the organite whole pyramid thing where you put all kinds of stuff in it and it's supposed to block you from the lizard people or something. So yeah, Launchpad, Aslan, pyramids on their heads, and Launchpad tells Darkwing... To get the door before the door even rings. And hooray, it's Honker. Honker says that he needs Drake's help because his family has been acting really weird. And as we say this, we get a shot of Launchpad and Goslin standing there with their pyramids hats on. <laughs> it's kind of like a fish-eyed lens of like, mm. And uh, Honker says, I hope it's not contagious. Um, Drake tells Honker that weird is a relative term with his family. And as he dunks on the muddlefoots, as always... Goslin tells Drake to knock it off because Honker is serious and asks him what's up. And the Muddlefoots have disappeared! <laughs> no. <laughs> Tragedy! Police! Fire! Call the National Guard! Someone call 911! 911! Oh, those poor Muddlefoots can't catch a break. Drake is like, well, one can only hope. <laughs> he says to the child who lost his entire family and who knows if they're alive or not. <laughs> one can only hope uh, so drake is as sympathetic as always as they head over to the muddlefoot house where it's pretty trash there's about a foot of dirt and soil on the ground and honker's only explanation is mom's been gardening <laughs> darkwing starts looking for clues and launchpad starts checking for auras and launchpad trips over a cabbage as we get our first riff of the twin peaks theme song Apparently this cabbage was sent by Honker's Aunt Trudy, and that's when Binky got the gardening urge, and apparently Honker is allergic to cabbages, because yeah. he's like, oh, just being near it gives me hives. Drake, in his investigation, is like, Herb hasn't been gone long, the TV is still warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it was. Um, and there's a tape still in the VCR, and it's of a lady giving gardening tips. It's called Gardening with Gertie, which I feel like you may have heard that before. I, I might be thinking of the other lady that had the, 
dirigible school. But yeah, she's got cabbages and she's talking about how to take care of her cabbages. And in the background, Darkwing sees Bushru just hanging out. <laughs> Looking worried. Looking worried. And then he spins a narrative about how Bushroot escaped from prison and kidnapped the Muddlefoots is forcing them to grow mutant cabbages. And Goslin is just like, why would he do that? And then Darkwing, as he's triumphant in his, you know, piecing, putting the, connecting the dots, um, he's holding Honker in the air, like, by his shirt and um, cannot answer the question why. He's like, oh, because he had, uh, well, uh, with the beak. And he, you know, Let's Honker go. Launchpad is like, well, I can find out where they are and uses a dowsing rod and a map to try to find the Muddlefoots as Darkwing uses the clues in Goslin's reading aloud that the tape was recorded at a town named Twin Beaks at the same exact time that Launchpad's dowsing rod skewers the map at the town of Twin Beaks. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and they, we like zoom in on the map and it's two mountains, but they have beaks on them. So that's pretty cute. And then we get more musical interludes as we basically get the Darkwing Duck version of the Twin Peaks opening. but with more cabbages honestly we see like a dude with a cabbage in the basket of his bicycle and a woman with a baby carriage walking down the street with a cabbage of baby clothes in it and then we head into the diner where binky is being served coffee by a binky looking woman with a eye patch and a red dress and then we see herbert on a farm hoeing <laughs> hoeing with some cows and um we see the waterfall, as is in the actual Twin Peaks. And then we see two dudes in red hats just chuck the corpse of Bushroot wrapped in plastic down the waterfall. Okay, but is this the same, you know, is this the same corpse from the prison or a different corpse? There are a lot of Bushroot corpses in this episode, is and they like, never get explained. Is he like a snake? Like he sheds his <laughs> hollow bush root husk of a body and has a fresher I, version of himself i suppose um i can't imagine that it's the same one for the prison um leaves yeah. his his shell he's like a nut he cracks himself and yeah because it doesn't make sense to me that darkwing was at the prison he's never been to twin beaks so the husk was at the prison why would it be all the way in twin beaks it has to be Apparently, Bushroot just has shed himself several times. Yes. And we really don't get any explanation as to where these Bushroot corpses are coming from, or even what transpires that <laughs> happen. Like, maybe, I don't know, because there's aliens involved, spoiler, but that seems to be like when he turned into a husk the first time was when he got beamed up to the spaceship, allegedly? No? I don't know. I don't know, Ange. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, and especially since I didn't know about Twin Peaks when I first saw this episode, I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, uh, it's it still doesn't make sense having watched Twin Peaks. So, yeah, they, they, they chuck that 
Bushroot wrapped in plastic down the waterfall, and the Thunderquag zooms into town, and Launchpad is flying and just goes, well, it's time to put on the blindfold <laughs> as he's flying, and everyone appropriately freaks out. Uh, but he says that he doesn't want his subconscious influenced by what he sees. And Darkwing's like, like those trees? As they crash through the forest. Um, but apparently he makes the smoothest landing of his life. But, of course, that's just because he's crashed in the canopy of the trees. As Darkwing steps out and plummets to the, the ground. Womp womp. Uh, they then wander through the forest toward the sound of a farm. And they lose him again. As he wanders off, they follow him in... Find him in a pasture with cows holding a log to his ear. And he says the cows are not what they seem. And uh, everyone looks on very concerned. And Gosselin's like weird. And Hunker weighing in says even for Launchpad. Which, true little man. True. Launchpad has gotten some very specific directions um, on how to get to Twin Beaks from the log. Um, and tells them to stop at Trudy's for some pie and a, a darn good cup of coffee. And Darkwing's like, oh, did the cows tell you that? And Launchpad said, oh, don't silly. The law gave me the directions. The cow just warned me not to order the coffee. Oh, There's a lot of, This like, entire events. scene was so funny. Just the reaction of Darkwing, <laughs> Goslin, and Honker. They don't say anything for much of this scene. <laughs> they just, but especially Darkwing, just the look. He gives yeah. Launchpad several times. Just, it kills me every single time. It's so funny. <laughs> He's truly like, this is it. I ha Launchpad has finally lost it. What little of it he had is now gone. Off to greener pastures, if you will. Mm -hmm. And they arrive at Trudy's Diner, where there are a bunch of cabbages sitting at booths and at stools. And there's even a cabbage bathroom. Shout out to mutant cabbages. Gotta be one of my favorite genders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, Darkwing is still convinced that Bushroot is behind it. Goslin still wants to know what he could possibly be gaining from any of this. And Launchpad lets them know that the log thinks Bushroot is innocent. And Darkwing is like, of course it does. It's a plant. That's actually, you know, fair logic. It's very sound. It's very sound. Uh, Trudy comes over and Darkwing is attracted to a woman who looks exactly like Binky. Like, basically slobbering all over himself. It's the it's eye sad. patch. He's got a thing. I guess. <laughs> He's got a thing for, I don't Women know. with eye patches in red. Maybe he just likes ladies in, in red. Uh, but he's super thirsty for her. He really and, is. Yeah. And Goslin just kind of rolls her eyes. Trudy tells Honker that Herb and Binky are out back. They just came to help with the harvest. And Honker runs off, so excited to see his parents, as if he was me. I would I would run to the Muddlefoots. I feel like they give good hugs. Like Herb has to have one of those great big bear hugs. He does. You know? But be that as, as it may. Herb and Binky are standing outside. Diana just literally standing out back by the dumpsters. <laughs> and we are clued in pretty quickly that these are not our delightful muddlefoots our angel mother and father binky is ominously holding a cabbage they are very unhinged muddlefoots in fact and binky shows honker that there is a honker inside the cabbage and then he gets like sucked in sucked inside like it seems like he gets or like maybe she shoves the cabbage in his face we don't really know what happens 
it's best to not know. It's it, <laughs> it is best to not know. But this is where we leave it. So they have they they have cabbage tonker, but then we see them later on just finally tying him up in the woods. So they must have like carried him away with I'm a little cabbage honker. I don't know. They I guess they are still muddlefoots underneath all the all the leaves. They don't plan very well. So yeah, so then we go to a a scene of some cows mooing at the moon like wolves. And that's our commercial break. <laughs> it's just uh, such a strange episode. Back at the diner, everyone is at the counter reading UFO newspapers. And Launchpad says something strange is going on. And in a very specific example, Darkwing says that no strange should be finding out that your wife is an Elvis impersonator from the Bermuda Triangle. This place is bizarre. Oddly specific. Oddly specific. Trudy says that this just this town just feels particularly close to their plants. And then Darkwing drinks the coffee and says that it tastes like fertilizer. And Launchpad tells him that he should have listened to the cows. At the C-word, everyone in the diner runs. Like, they <laughs> scream and run out just in terror. Even Trudy, the babe. Darkwing starts pulling at the thread of why everyone would be afraid of cows. <laughs> I can tell. This coffee tastes like fertilizer. <laughs> Maybe next time you'll listen to the cows. Cows? Why would cows scare them? <gasps> I've got it. Cows make milk. Milk goes bad. The coffee is bad. Bushroot's bad. You see? It all connects! <laughs> but the log says Bushroot is innocent. You expect me to take the word of an obvious plant sympathizer? He's really grasping at brilliant, straws. Brilliant Darkwing, as usual. <laughs> really, pretty hysterical. And Goslin and Launchpad are not impressed. Launchpad reminds him that the log keeps saying that Bushroot is innocent. And then Darkwing says, you expect me to take the word of an obvious plant sympathizer? Which I feel like he they could have just cut that off as an obvious, obvious plant. Mm. And it would have been a better joke. But no one consulted me. Okay. I wouldn't have known at the time I was a youngin. But anyway, that's my hot take now. Goslin is drinking a pink milkshake, which I guess does not taste like fertilizer. And um, she's just like, well, you should listen to the, the log. And then Darkwing starts declaring that whole, you know, the whole comedy bit of like, I'm not wasting my time following a log into the woods. You're never going to get me into the woods without a log. And then, of course, they're walking through the woods with the log. <laughs> and uh, cows moo at them as they pass. There's a lot of cows in this episode. And Darkwing rants the whole time until he trips over the, the bushroot corpse wrapped in plastic on the riverbank. And Bushroot is dead again. And for whatever reason, Goslin is like, oh, well, there goes your dumb theory. Sniffy jerks later, I'm going to go find Honker. And she, just like, wanders <laughs> off. She did not care. She did not, <laughs> she did not hesitate. She is not moved by any of this. It's actually, nope. it's so funny. <laughs> it's just like, well, later losers. And um, Darkwing's like, aren't you even curious about how Bushroot ended up you're wrapped in plastic and she's like how else do you keep vegetables fresh wow. <laughs> oh man 
And then uh, Dark Queen says, Launchpad, I never thought I'd say this, but I have some questions to ask your log. And as Goslin walks away, we see that the evil cabbage herb Muddlefoot is watching her from behind a bush and is menacingly rubbing his hands together. Oh no, what's he gonna do? Uh, she encounters a cabbage holding honker in the woods because honker's cabbage allergy is never mentioned again. But this would have been a good time to be like, wait, you're not the real honker, you're holding a cabbage. But we don't get, we don't really get that sign to do that. Because she looks over and the evil Muddlefoots are wrapping up the real honker like right next to where he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of like, oh no. And a goslin starts to pop out of the cabbage that the not honker is holding and tries to attack her. But she chucks the cabbage, her and honker into the cabbage Muddlefoots, rescuing the real honker. He tells her that they're all alien plant invaders who want to replace everyone on Earth. And Goslin says, that plot doesn't sound so cliche when it's happening to you. It's true. It's true. The Muddlefoots chase her through the woods as Cabbage Goslin bounces after them until they get to a cliff. And then we have another flash of light from above and we scoot our story back over to Launchpad and Darkwing. And then this... So the first part of this is spectacular. Darkwing in Darkwing, complete Darkwing fashion, has now abandoned logic and deduction and is super on board with psychic stuff. And he's trying to, he's just, it's never mentioned, it's just purely a visual thing that he's trying to outdo Launchpad by having three pyramids stacked on top of his <laughs> so head. So good. It's so It's so funny. It's, it's pure Darkwing. <laughs> So he's like, oh, well, I, I'm going to have a vision and I'm going to know what's happening. And he blindfolds himself and walks right into a tree, knocks himself out. And then he has a, a crazy fever dream. And it starts with him flying through space on a star that dumps him into a desert where the sand is disturbed. It's a giant launch pad with a pyramid on his head erupts out of the ground, talking about how the cows are not what they seem. And then two cows dressed as policemen dance around him and clobber him with their billy clubs. Then Bushroot is like Jacob Marley shows up <laughs> screaming, look what they did to me. Then we go to a restaurant where Darkwing is served a cabbage by a cow and the cabbage hops off the plate onto a stage where it starts just like jettisoning smaller cabbages everywhere. And then they're marching in like these giant lines as the log runs alongside them, talking in Bushroot's voice. And then all the cabbages erupt into Binky and Herbs, who start doing a kick line as a launch pad riding a cow jumps over the moon, <laughs> saying, you should have listened to us. And then Darkwing is hoisted by a pack of Herb and Binkies and is about to be fed to a cabbage with teeth. When the ground beneath it cracks and a Chernabog cow bursts out of the crack and blows light in his face and then he wakes up. Oh. What gets me about that is that technically that dream was actually accurate to what was happening mm -hmm. metaphorically. So does Darkwing have psychic powers? See, it's the, the stack of pyramids. It really did it for him. It is such a weird sequence. Like, it felt like it could have been over three times. And it just kept going. 
And I was like, what in the world? And I guess it felt like Twin Peaks. Because <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of random visuals and things thrown at you. Um, I feel like it's a little more coherent than some of the Twin Peaks dreams. But no one was speaking backwards. So there was that. It was just... Well, I, was, I, I was like, I have to type this all out. I have to tell exactly what happens because it's so freaking weird. And then, yeah, so Darkwing wakes up in the forest and is completely salty about his vision <laughs> and grumbling about how stupid this whole acid trip was. And Goslin, who I don't really know, like, she just wanders up to him. Like, we don't really know how she got back to him. What happened with that flash of light? She's just there um, as he's ranting about oh, the cows aren't what they seem. What does that even mean? And she's like, why not ask her? And points to just this giant cow lady who's standing there in a very ineffective space helmet and it's like greetings earth duck and like her helmet is like one of those um like dome helmet things but she's got a cutout for her snout so it's like her snout and the tips of her horns are the only things that are sticking out like what 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 does it do glorified goggles it's just a fashion statement (laughs) it is and um i i don't know i feel like sometimes her udders were pink and most of the time they were white it was it was a very concerning character for me i didn't quite enjoy her i didn't Um, really focus on her udders very often so yeah um they changed colors but she's doing her whole thing and darkwing is just suddenly doused with water i guess to prove that he's not sleeping anymore and Goslin breaks down the whole plot about, you know, oh, there's cabbage aliens and they want to take over and blah, 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 blah. And then the cow says that she comes from planet Larson from the far side of the galaxy. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, sensible chuckle, sensible chuckle. And that she's been in contact with the dumber life forms basically on the planet. And Launchpad is so proud to be counted <laughs> in that category. <laughs> And she said that she used Launchpad to bring Darkwing here as the plant creature spied on the cabbages. And then we watch as the log turns into bushroot. And now every single time that the log told Launchpad that bushroot was innocent is revealed to just be bushroot being like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Don't know how he turned into a log. We don't know how he was spying on the cabbages by being a log. I guess. We don't know how his corpse wound up in the, in the, the cabbages' clutches. No one ever deigns to give us any information about how Bushroot becomes a log. But they're basically like, wow, guess Bushroot is immortal. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically the cow says that she's counting on all of them. To keep uh, all the cabbages occupied until the cows arrive. As uh, this big beefy baby is just a hologram. And uh, yeah, so that's what they have to do. And the gang is watching as Binky is loading cabbages onto a bus. And they're spying on her. And then Darkwing cooks up a plan. Inside the diner, Trudy is serving a cabbage and a dude. When Darkwing kicks in the door with a blender attachment on his gas gun and threatens them by blasting coleslaw at them, which 
I guess, seems very effective because we go outside. Uh, Herb and Binky are now discussing their evil plans when Launchpad, dressed up like a farmer, shows up and tells them about a swarm of flying cabbage beetles that are on the way and that they should get that bus out of there. And Herb knows everything about beetles and says that that's bullshit, that that's not a real thing. But Goslin swoops in bug-like, I guess, and scares them off. She's got, like, little doodle bobs on her head and stuff. And then she runs inside to check on Honker, who is making something. He's got a recipe book. He's doing all kinds of things. And as he loads it into, like, I don't know, it's like an injector thing. I get, like, I don't, I don't it's know. It's like those little I pesticide like... spraying things. Yeah, yeah, like, it's like a sprayer, I suppose. Those things are always in cartoons. I have never encountered one in the wild. They must have, they must have, ex- you know, existed at some point. Cartoons wouldn't lie to us. But yeah, so as he loads the injector with the concoction he's been making, uh, Herb and Binky bust in, and poor Honker is like, "I can't shoot my mom." And then Goslin's like, "They're not your real parents." And then Herb drops the time to leaf pun, and Honker goes, I guess, into a homicidal rage and is no longer holding back and blasts his parents with um, what I guess is salad dressing because he says, oh, it's salad dressing. These cabbage aliens, very easily deterred. Got some cold slaw, got some salad dressing. They run for the hills. You say the coward, over. Out on the street, cabbages are blooming into people as Bushroot rallies the real produce and, uh, they rally up the corn, tomatoes, and pumpkins, start cleaning house. They take out basically everybody. Oh, no one will call us pansies. And then there's a little pansy standing at his feet, shaking its fist up at him. <laughs> it's like plants versus zombies before plants yes! versus zombies. It is. It is. A shrewd husks and friends versus zombies. No, I don't know. I can't keep track of this episode. <laughs> there's so many things going on. So... Everybody meets back in the street and Darkwing's gloating about how great they are. But then a bunch of Darkwings start popping out of cabbages. But they come out with the gas gun too, which I think is very unfair. And they basically disarm everyone and shoot weed killer at all the plants and kill them. And they get surrounded. But uh, the cavalry arrives just in time. Hey, and zaps all the, the cabbages, cabbage people back into cabbages. And that's that's that. Hang on. Um, I just thought of a pun, hey. too. Please. Caffelry. Hey! <laughs> Look at us. Look Continue. at us, huh? Continue. Uh, we're to, to the meat of the puns now. So the real Muddlefoots kind of wake up in the diner as the cow lady explains that the the rest of the townspeople will be okay and that a radiation leak on a farming colony of theirs caused these mutations and it's like our food was never meant to be intelligent and Bushroot is horrified that the cows eat the sentient cabbage and Darkwing agrees that it's pretty gross and the cow gets up up in his grill and is like okay when's the last time you had a steak sandwich and Darkwing says I'm actually more of a peanut butter and jelly guy myself and then the cow says that they were just in time. Even if one of the cabbages escaped, it would have been disastrous. But there was already one insane canard in the Muddlefoot living room. 
Oh, that's true. Unless they, I guess they didn't bring it with them, did they? No. Yeah, I don't know. So the world's already doomed. But of course, as she's explaining this, we pan back over to Bushroot's empty chair and we see that he has run off with the cabbage and is now promising to show it the world. And they get one more cow moo directly at the screen for the credits roll. What an episode. What an episode. What a thing that just happened. It is a rare episode. But you know what, though? I'm going to say it's a rare episode that I don't particularly care for because the Muddlefoots aren't really the Muddlefoots. I suppose. It's yeah. a false Muddlefoot flag. It is. I don't really get to be muddle, too Muddlefooty because there are evil cabbages in Muddlefoot suits. So it's like a weird like invasion of the body snatchers thing. I guess mixed with Troll 2 because they're all plant people shaken up into a salad dressing with Twin Peaks and the far side. I don't really know what kind of drink that makes, but I don't think I like it all that much. I don't understand the cow thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if that was from Twin Peaks or just something they decided to roll with. They really rolled with it. They were just like cows. Cows, cabbage, let's do it. And you know what? It wasn't a terrible episode. It was just really very strange. What's your rating? Rating would be, uh, I would say three out of five logs. How about you? I was going to say maybe three, 3.85 logs out of okay. five. Mm -hmm. My reasoning being that I did like the dialogue, especially Darkwing. Darkwing was at his mm -hmm. Darkwingiest. Just... In general, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the exchanges between him and Launchpad and Goslin in particular, just when Darkwing's rattling off his theories, she's <laughs> like, but why? And he just yeah. can't answer her. I don't yeah. know. It was just so funny because that doesn't happen very often. But what it does, I don't know. It's just hilarious because she calls him on it. He does. <laughs> and so he's like forced to look at his ridiculousness and try to, to connect the dots again and he can't. Yeah, every single little scenario that he came up with was gold in this. The animation itself was pretty decent. Everybody was, for the most part, on model. There was nothing uh, that really caught me. Basically, the only reason it's not a higher rating for me is because it is a very strange episode. And when I first watched it, I did not understand what it was a reference to. So it makes mm. it even more confusing, I think, to some extent. Because I was like, well, how did they come up with any of this? Like, it's just so <laughs> weird. And then now that I know that it is, in fact, a lot of it is a parody, it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, for as much as, like, it is a parody, it's also just so out there, too. It's, like, not really... Like, I don't know. Like, if there were cows and twin peaks it would have made i don't i don't know it was just very strange and i don't so i don't understand what the flashes of light were because I, that's what happened like the flash of light because it wasn't it obviously wasn't the spaceship coming because the cows weren't there yet the cow lady was just a hologram maybe it was the hologram appearing before them mm. and then telling them everything because she appears before bushroot maybe mm -hmm. she tells bushroot what's going on he escapes and leaves behind a husk so that they won't know he's missing. And then he gets there, he goes undercover, leaves another husk for some reason and turns into a log. <laughs> and then when Goslin is running with Honker 
and they're trapped. Maybe she appears again as a hologram to explain the situation, although I don't think that would help them off the cliff while they're being chased. But yeah, well, the, the cabbages are very afraid of cows. That's so maybe true. they saw the cow and, and, and booked it. Yeah, so that's that's my theory as to what that was. We did get some Muddlefoot lore. I mean, we now know that Binky Muddlefoot has a twin sister named Trudy, and that Darkwing would hit that. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He would hit it like launch pad and the the canopy of a forest. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think that Trudy needs the eye patch, or if it, or is it purely aesthetic? I think, I, I assume she needs it. Yeah, so that was Twin Beaks, and it was a weird one. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, I don't, I just don't care for Bushroot all that much. I don't care for him. He's okay. Yeah. Alrighty, so that's our, our wrap-up of our wheel. We have conquered the wheel. I can't believe it. How do you, how do you feel? feel like there's a lot more episodes to get through that aren't on the wheel so i guess we mm. still got to get to those but the fact that we even made it through what we did put on the wheel is you know hats off to us give yourself a pat on the back thank you pat on the back <laughs> for you too pat on the back for all our listeners uh we made it through round one of the wheel we will be repopulating the wheel we were kind of talking about maybe switching up the categories a little bit because I feel like we've tapped out our our choices on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So we will have to confer on that at some point, Ange. But in the meantime, we will be filling our time with... We had put out a request for you guys to write in to see if there was any episodes that you'd like us to cover. We did get a few leads, uh, but if you do want to send us an email are you gonna try and remember the email i'm I'm trying to look it up i'm trying to cheat um (laughs) i can't find it and what's our email (sighs) (laughs) it is sleepless.saintcanard that is stcanard at gmail.com and i always put the email in the episode notes as well Yes. So if you have thoughts, requests, or if you just want to dunk on me for not being a huge David Lynch fan, please go ahead. But for right now, we have several suggestions. At the same time or just like one after the other? No, 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 no. Just like one after the other. Yeah, we could do one after the other because we haven't gotten any other requests yet. Uh, So we have from Naz, friend of the podcast requests that we watch Sterminator. Is that the name of that episode? Sterminator, yeah. Sterminator. Because they say it, it blew my damn mind watching it on Saturday morning as a kid. And I haven't watched it since. And then whichever Tuscanini episode makes an appearance in the opening theme sequence. So it's because the animation looks off the hook and also for Kenneth Mars being over dramatic. Which then led me to re- Realized we have we haven't watched any Tuscarini episodes. Yeah, we haven't. So, yeah, I'd be down for that. Is definitely one of the characters that I like, but I always forget that he exists. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like a top tier villain, but he's definitely I feel like a pretty good middle of the pack villain. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's entertaining enough. His shtick is funny. 
and uh, I, as as uh, Naz says, the the performance is very good from his voice actor, who I guess is Kenneth Mars. Yes. So, do we want to start with Steerminator? Sure, I'm down with that. So I uh, I pose a question to you first. Then we haven't watched Darkly Dawn's the Duck, so should we? Do Darkly Dawn's the Duck so that we could talk about Taurus Bulba proper before he becomes the Steerminator? Then we'd have to do a two-parter. Mm. Okay, we can jump around. What's continuity? I don't know her. Okay. Yeah, so maybe Steerminator first? Sounds good. Alright, so next week we'll be discussing the magnificent voice acting talents of Tim Curry. As he appears in Dark Green Duck for sadly only two episodes. I guess three if you count Darkly Dawns as two. And until then, remember that the cows are not what they seem. And that crime doesn't sleep. And neither do the cabbages. Don't drink the coffee. My cabbages! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>